Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, 11 a.m. service. How's everybody doing today? On this beautiful day outside, I have a, I feel like I got a really good word for you guys. I feel like God downloaded it in my spirit, and I feel like it's going to be um, impactful if somebody can take it home today. So we're going to continue with the next track in our mixtape titled Lean On Me. Come on. Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you. Okay, enough. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for everything that you're going to do today. God, we thank you for every single one of these people that are in the room. God, we pray that every single word that I speak would not be of my doing, of my voice, but God, it would be the voice of you, God, of your Holy Spirit. Move through me, impact people's lives today. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said? Amen, amen. Hey, wanna celebrate a couple things before we get started. Uh, Today is Juneteenth. And I want to celebrate it because it's a day worth celebrating. Today is the day that the Emancipation Proclamation was finally enacted across the entire United States. And that is something worth celebrating. Unfortunately, we have political parties that like to weaponize good things. That is a good thing. And I want to celebrate it today as a church. See, what I know is this. Jesus says that they will know you by your love that you have for one another. Ironically, it's not by your love you have for me. Unfortunately, we have a lot of Christians in today's world that really love Jesus but forget to love their brother. And so today we're marking, we're celebrating June 16th or Juneteenth because it is something worth celebrating as a family, amen? I also wanna celebrate Father's Day. Here's the deal. I think Father's Day is one of the least celebrated things in America. And, and if you look around our country, uh, we have a lot of problems that start because of an absent father in the home. And so I wanted to just celebrate all of the amazing fathers who chose to start their day in the father's house. Can we give a big round of applause to all of the amazing dads? Okay, now that I've rambled for five minutes, I want to tell you who I am. My name is Danny. I'm the creative pastor here at My City alongside my amazing wife, Hannah. We have the honor of serving alongside of all of our great production, worship, marketing teams. Uh, And we have a little girl. Her name is London. She's almost two years old. But the terrible twos have started early. And from what I know about women, this is going to be the rest of my life. (laughs) Sorry, getting under people's skin. It's whatever. Um, but she's fantastic, um, and so I, I want to I get into a couple things today. Uh, last week, Pastor Eli hit on uh, the end of Jonathan and David, and we're going to dive all the way into their friendship today, but I, I want to start with just a personal story. Pastor Tyler and I have been friends for a really long time. We, we've known each other since elementary school. We were on the same uh, Little League baseball team, rec league baseball team, the Durham Bulls, and we won the championship as uh, the Little League team, and that's pretty much where I peaked in life. (laughs) See, nothing's really changed since then. Tyler's gotten a little cooler, but I'm still the fat kid that runs slow, but that's okay. See, Tyler and I, growing up together, we've worked pretty much every single job together. 
We started off our first job together at Hy-Vee Chinese, cooking up some General's chicken, some chicken fried rice. Then from there, we worked at Chick-fil-A together for a little bit in Lincoln. Uh, we also worked at Builder Trend together, and now we're working at the church together, which is fantastic. So Tyler and I have been friends for a really long time, and how many of you know when you have a friend that you've been close with for a long time, you tend to have a rap sheet of some stupid decisions that you've made over the years? We've made a lot of them, a lot of really dumb, regrettable decisions, but the worst one we've ever decided to do uh, was get a matching tattoo. And this was, between, this was between me, Pastor Clyde, Dylan, Tyler, and another guy in high school. We decided that it would be a good idea to come up with a name for our friend group. Super lame. And it's Tyler's fault. He's not here. I can pin it on him. But we decided to call ourselves the Bandits. And uh, it was so weird. But uh, we decided to call ourselves the Bandits, and Tyler was into art then, so he sketched up a little tattoo, and I'll tell you this, there was nothing anyone could say that would convince us to not get this done. And we used to hang out at my grandma's on the weekend. I know the more I talk, the cooler we sound, but we, down by my grandma's house, there was, there was this little strip mall, and in it was the, there was this dog groomer, and I'm pretty sure the dog groomer has been in there since the beginning of Omaha, and will continue to be there long after we're dead. But the other part of the strip mall was like a revolving door. There was always somebody in it that was new, something different, and there just happened to be at this time a tattoo shop that was running a really great deal. Pro tip, don't get tattoos from tattoo shops that run really great deals. But we were all in. There was nothing anybody could say that would stop us, and there was one night uh, our buddy decided to go get it, uh, and me and Tyler were gonna meet him there after our shift at High Chai, and I was gonna go after him until about halfway through my shift, Dylan called me straight shook. He goes, bro, this place is disgusting. This smells like cigarettes. This guy's, we're only 30 minutes in. He's already taken three smoke breaks, and, and my buddy, he's in tears. He's laying on the table, bawling, crying. Come to find out, the guy broke the tattoo needle on his back and was just scraping and just beating him up and it was horrible. So, they, so he gets his money back and he, they get out of there and, and it, he has this tattoo still on his shoulder and it looks like, you know, like when you're waiting on hold on a call and you're like just scribbling on your paper, that's exactly what it looks like and I felt bad for him but here's the thing, as, as many dumb decisions as we made, I feel like there were three really great conversations, challenging moments that we had that actually helped mold me and them into the men that we are today. See, what I want you to understand is that the height of your potential is determined by the depth of your friendships. See, and this isn't just some clever idea that I came up with. This is straight out of the Bible. Jesus says in Matthew 18, he says, again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. What's he saying here? He's saying that as long as you guys are together in unity, I will be with you and there's nothing that you cannot do. He's saying the height of your potential is determined by the depth of your relationships. 
And see, what I've found is that it's, it's so important to decide specifically the people that you want in your life. See, because we're all gonna face adversity at some point or another. And Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. Here's the thing, are you struggling today in your marriage? Are you struggling today at work? Are you struggling today in life? Can you not get your mental state under control no matter how many Gary Vee videos you watch? The answer is brotherhood. The answer is and always has been brotherhood. And like I said, the story of David and Jonathan, their lives and what we can read in the Bible is a great example of a friend, not only that you should look for, but a friend that you should be. Because what I found is that we attract who we are. And if your character, if you're a, if you're a bad friend, then you're just gonna attract bad friends. And so today I wanna go through their lives and pull out three really solid principles of types of friends that we can be and the type of friend that you can look for. See, I wanna give a little, little backstory here. We have David. A lot of people know who King David is, but just in case you don't, I'm gonna explain who he is. He's a shepherd. He's a shepherd from the Old Testament in 1 Samuel, and we believe that he, he was anointed king over Israel. See, he was just on the backside of the mountain taking care of his father's flock, and then he came in one day, and there was a prophet by the name of Samuel there who anointed him to be the next king. The issue was there was already a king enthroned, and his name was Saul. Now, David comes to the battlefield one day because they're, at, they're in a war between um, Israel and the Philistines. And so, so David, David comes to the battle one day, and he sees this giant named Goliath. I think a lot of us have heard the story of David and Goliath. But David actually defeats Goliath and becomes a major player in the war between the Israelites and the Philistines. Now, here's the thing. The Israelites and the Philistines, back in the day, that was like Nebraska and Iowa. And today, I'm declaring that it's a, the year of the Lord and that the giant of Iowa will no longer have a grip on the armies of Nebraska. And today, we are declaring a mighty victory in the name of Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. Go Gators, get out of here. So here's the thing, so we have, we have King Saul who is currently on the throne, we have David who's defeated Goliath, he's starting to gain some influence, gain some recognition, and we have Jonathan who is actually Saul's son, who's next in line for the throne. And we find their first interaction here in 1 Samuel 18, verse one through four. And it says, now when he'd finished speaking to Saul, the soul of David, or the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. It continues in verse three and says, then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. See, this is all that we need to read in order to see the relationship that Jonathan and David had. Saul said, you're no longer going home. So he gave him a room in the palace. Saul even gave him a daughter to marry. And then Jonathan gave him his robe and Jonathan gave him his weapons. See, they were knit together. 
they loved one another as they loved themselves. They were really choosing to ride through life together. And the first thing that we learned through Jonathan's friendship to David is that they were ride or die. They were in the cut together. They were overlooking a fence. There was nothing that they could do to decide. There was nothing they could do to change each other's mind. That's the type of friend that they chose to be. They were ride or die. See, what I've found is that when we, when we choose to be ride or die type of people, there's nothing that anybody could do, there's nothing that anyone could say that would change my mind about them. Because not only do I know who they are, but I also see what God sees on them, what God has on them, and I choose, you know what? I will help, I will be a part of your journey. I will be a part of the mission that God has for them here on earth. And see, what, what this reminds me of is somebody who isn't just ride or die, but he was ride, die, and risen for us. Come on, through every storm, through every trial, through every circumstance, there is a man by the name of Jesus Christ who you can lean on, who you can ride with, who has ridden with you through every storm. You don't believe it? Just open your eyes, open your heart. I guarantee you today that he'll reveal himself to you in a new way. It wasn't that they were just ride or die, but Jonathan was also helping David be armed for battle. And we see that in verse four here. We go to verse four, perfect. And Jonathan took off his robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. See, this is super significant, and I wanna break this down. Obviously, royalty doesn't dress the same way as everybody. I don't, I'm not wearing Gucci, I'm not wearing Versace, I'm not gonna end up on the Instagram page, the pastors and sneakers, I'm wearing Vans today. <laughs> See, but royalty dresses differently. And not, and not only did, uh, and J uh, Jonathan understood that. So what he did was he took his robe off of himself and he placed it on David. This was actually symbolic of inviting David into the family, telling him that you are now a part of this. Does anybody have that friend that's ready to fight at the smallest inconvenience that you, you have? Like they're like, you know what, we're going, we're going, I I'm all in. It's like, bro, he just like barely cut me off in traffic and it's like road rage to the max. That was this, because what this was saying is that David, you're no longer riding alone, but you're under the palace protection that if somebody comes against you, they're actually coming against me. But not only did David put his robe on him, symbolizing that he was a part of the family, David also gave him his sword and his bow and his belt. David said there are gonna be, or Jonathan said there are gonna be times where you're alone and you need to be armed for battle, so I'm going to give you the resources and the tools so that you can fight this on your own as well. How, do you have a friend who is a godly man or a godly woman who says, you know what, there are gonna be times where you need resources, where you need tools, and I wanna help arm you for battle. Because if we look around our world today, we need help. We need help being mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally prepared because every day is a new battle. And if you don't have somebody in the cut with you, willing to ride or die, helping arm you for battle, then we are gonna be left to ourselves, and no one likes being alone. Not only were they armed for battle, not only were they ride or die, 
But Jonathan and David were constant encouragers of one another. See, at this point in his life, David has become a great warrior. So he's, he's become a part of the palace. He's become a part of that family. And he's become actually a great leader in the armies of Israel. He's, he's starting to, to become who God has created him to be. He's winning battle after battle after battle, and he's actually gaining favor in the palace and in the country, so much so that the current king, Saul, is actually beginning to despise him, so much that he hates him enough to conspire a plan to kill him. But Jonathan hears of this. Jonathan hears of this and helps David escape, which actually kicks off a 15-year journey of David running from the king. David was anointed king. He started to see some results, started to see some uh, forward motion in what God has called him to, only to be put back on the run for 15 whole years. And I, I want you to understand this today, that David was a man after God's own heart. David was a leader. David was a man of character. And those types of people don't walk life alone often. So you start to see people flock to him. People begin to flock to David in numbers to the point where he had 300 men that he was now responsible for. So David's on the run, and it's not just him taking care of himself, but David is taking care of 300 other guys and having to make quality decisions and follow what the Lord is saying through, every, through everything with those men. So his men in this moment are tired and afraid because they've been running with David. At every sign they get of Saul knowing where they're at, they're on to the next place, they're on to the next place. So not only are they exhausted, but they're afraid because the enemy has, allowed, has instilled a spirit of fear within them. So they're tired and afraid, but David's rap sheet goes before him, his reputation precedes him, and they're next to this city called Keilah. They're next to this city called Keilah, and they know who David is. They've heard of the story of David and his mighty men freeing cities. They've heard of the thousands, the hundreds of thousands, the tens of thousands that David has killed. They've heard of the great victories that David has actually won for Israel. And they, they go, we are overtaken right now by the Philistines, so we need help. So they reach out to David and his mighty men. And they go, please, come help us free our city. But his men, being tired and afraid, are like, no, thank you. No, thank you. They've been running. They need rest. But David inquires of the Lord, and the Lord says, go, even though they know that after they free this city, Saul will find out. See, it was never about the enemy being defeated. They knew that was in the bag. But they were afraid that they were going to be found out by Saul and have to run again. But God says go, so David goes. He takes his 300 men, and they actually go and free this city of Keilah. Only on the other side of it, the leaders of the city turn him in to King Saul. So you have these men who just freed this city, the highest of highs, back on the run. And we find David in 1 Samuel 23, 15. It says, so David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Now, this wasn't a forest as if we understand it. There weren't a ton of trees around. 
There, there wasn't a ton of shade. They weren't, it wasn't spring in the Midwest. It was summer in the Middle East. So they're in the wilderness of Ziph with 300 men after a battle. They don't even have time to, to gather their, the dead. They don't have time to tend to the wounds of battle. They left their friends in the city. They left the bodies behind because they were afraid of what Saul was going to do. They're on the run and they find themselves here in this wilderness. But it's actually a rocky hillside. There's nowhere to sit that they don't sit on a rock. There's only a handful of trees to provide any relief from the hot sun. And in a moment when they think they're going to get some relief from the wind, it's actually the hot Middle Eastern wind full of sands pounding against their face. But the conditions on the outside were bearable to, in comparison to the conditions on the inside. Because you have David and his men, and specifically David sitting there going, I was anointed king. I didn't deserve this. I didn't do anything wrong. This isn't my fight, this isn't my problem. You have David sitting there exhausted, done with it, and I'm sure just like any one of us, we would be done. We would be over it. We'd be ready to throw in the towel. But God had different plans, and he used the brotherhood of Jonathan to, to affect David's life in a mighty way. And we see that in 1 Samuel 23, 16 and 17. It says, then Jonathan, David alone in the wilderness, had a brother on the way. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. Do you have somebody that's gonna meet you in your need and strengthen your hand in God? He said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. Even the, even the enemy knows what God has planned for you, and he can't stop it, but he can slow it down. Jonathan is looking at David, who's beaten, bruised, done with it, sick of it, ready to throw in the towel. And he says, David, David, let me remind you today. Let, re, let me remind you today of the, the lion and the bear on the backside of the mountain. How with God's help, you defeated them with ease. He says, David, David, let me remind you today when everyone's standing on the sideline, you said, I know my God. I know who my God is. And surely today, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. And, and sure enough, the, the head of Goliath was in his hand by the end of that day. He said, David, David, let me remind you. Let me remind you of all of the countless battles God has been with you and not forsaken you. David, let's look back at where you've been and what God's done and see that you have a future ahead of you of the same exact thing. He said, David, let me remind you today of the day you came in the field. All of your brothers were standing there. Your mom and dad, and you saw the prophet Samuel. And he anointed you to be the next king over Israel. He said, David, today, even if you're lacking the faith, 
I know who God's called you to be. I know what God said. So you can lean on me. You can lean on me in this situation. You can lean on me in this life. You can lean on me as your brother in Christ. See, Jonathan wasn't just a ride or die person. Jonathan was, wasn't just somebody who armed him for battle, but Jonathan was a constant encourager. And I need you to understand today as we stand to our feet that the height of your potential is determined by the depth of your friendships. And this isn't just somebody who goes out drinking with you every once in a while. This isn't just somebody who listens to you complain. This is somebody who challenges you when you need challenge. Somebody who's in the cut with you when you need somebody in the cut with you. Somebody who loves you when you may be unlovable. See, today you need to get in a group. It's not just something we talk about, it's the way that we live. Men, today you have to go to men's conference. That's where acquaintances become brothers. Today you have to fight for these types of relationships in your life. Otherwise, you're gonna be David, but without Jonathan. You're gonna be alone in the wilderness, trying to stay alive, running for your life, because the enemy has your number. Today, your brotherhood, your friendships will actually unlock the door to all that God has for you. And before we get out of here, as I was reading this story, I couldn't help but to look at Jonathan and be reminded of somebody else in the Bible. Somebody else that was ride or die. Somebody else that helps me be armed for battle. Someone else that's a constant encourager. See, through every storm and through every season, Jesus has been with you since the beginning. Through every trial, through every misunderstanding, through every mishap, Jesus has never left you. He's never forsaken you. See, what I know is that no plan, uh, no, no uh, threat from the enemy shall prosper, says the Lord. And that's because God is on your side. I know that he has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. I know this, and if you ask anybody else in the room, they would say, I've seen that for my own life. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna create an opportunity for a specific group of people in here. Maybe you have not accepted Jesus as that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Understand today that he has grace for every mistake you've made. He saw it from the beginning and still chose to die on the cross for you. Him dying on the cross was actually your key into relationship everlasting. You now have a ticket into eternity with God. So if you would like to enter into this relationship, if you would like to know that you are going to heaven at the end of your life, what I want you to do with boldness, with faith, is lift your hand on the count of three. Because we're gonna pray a prayer, and I wanna know who I'm praying with. So on the count of three, lift your hand. Ready, one, two, three. I see your hand. I see your hand, I see your hand. Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, 
please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.